many of you have, uh, have ever been around a group of people um, and someone told a joke and you were the only one that didn't get it? Yeah, like, like I've been there. It's like an inside joke um, and, and you don't get it. And I think we have insider language in, in, in all of our cultures. If you work in an office environment, like you have inside language. Um, in your family, uh, you have inside language. Like I will say things to my kids and, and they know my heart. They like, I call them a dork all the time. If somebody else just heard that, they'd be like, I can't believe their dad's calling them that. Uh, but, it, but it's like, it, it's, it's fine. Um, and we have it in, in our Bible colleges. I, I talked to uh, Ken Milano, who's going to Ozark, or Caitlin, who's going to Ozark, and, and they'll say things like, I have a class on hermeneutics. Like, nobody knows what hermeneutics is, it, but it's inside. It's not always bad, um, but we have it. Or, or we're talking about the foundations for spiritual formation. What in the heck does that mean? Um, and, and I remember several years ago, I was pretty young, probably early 20s, and I played a ton of, of softball. I got to travel all over, played on, on many different teams. And I've been spending uh, a lot of time inviting this one guy to church. I, I was like, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. You need to come to church. And this guy had never been to church in his life. He was 19, 20 years old, had never been to church before in his life. I finally talked him into coming one Sunday. And, and after the service, I said, how was it? And he said, it was weird. And I said, why? He said, well, somebody asked me if I was washed in the blood of the lamb. And that, I was just waiting for you to bring out a lamb or something and cut it. And once I explained it to him, he was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But, but we have insider language in, in the church. Um, I remember another one growing up as a kid, and it scared me to death. People say, I want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with ghosts. I'm out. But, but we have, and if we aren't careful, I think we will say things or sing things that, that we don't completely understand. Um, which is why I want to talk about that song that, that they just sang. I um, kind of just said, hey, Kyle, this song would fit great. Um, I know you don't have time to learn it, um, but, but it, it would fit great with my sermon. Um, and they learned it just from Monday afternoon on, so I appreciate them. But, but we receive your reign. Lord, I, I receive your reign. For whatever you have for me, like I, I want to receive it. Um, and the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 uh, he, he says this, uh, he says, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and they stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Now you don't even have to be a Bible person to know that that's true, right? Like that's just true. That's agriculture. Rain falls from the sky. It, it waters the ground, the crops grow. Um, but then God says this and he takes it to the next level. He says, it's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And I remember reading that before saying, nope. You ever told God, nope, your word's not true? Like I haven't, I'm still alive, so it's all right. Like it doesn't always produce fruit. Like I've been to church before and I didn't get a thing out of it. You ever been there? Or I've opened up my Bible and I've read for an hour and I closed it and I thought, that meant nothing. And like, I'm not sure it always produces fruit. But then I had this realization, and this is just about me. Like it may apply to you as well, but this is about me. But I realized that the reason that, that sometimes God's rain doesn't fall in my life at times, sometimes it's not producing fruit in my life, is because I've got my umbrella out. 
Like we show up to church or we open up our Bible and we put up our umbrella. And God says every time he sends his word out, it produces fruit. So if it's not producing fruit in our lives, guess what? It's not God's fault, it's ours. That we are, we are blocking that somehow. Like, but God is always speaking, God is always working, God is always trying to, to get into our lives. And like, God speaks to me sometimes through a sunrise. Like, I love to get up in the, early in the morning. Um, and I've said this before, with 3.50, uh, my alarm is set six days a week. I love to get up in the morning. And I love to watch the sun come up. And every time I'm, I do, I'm like, oh, he did it again. Like, it's amazing. Like, like every day. And I love the part of that verse in, in Isaiah that says that, that it will accomplish all that I want it to. Did you know that God wants to accomplish something in and through your life? Like he wants to. If you're hearing my voice, God wants to accomplish something in you and through you. And he wants his word to prosper in you and through you. And that's kind of where we're gonna pick up our story uh, this week. Um, as we finish up this series on Elijah, um, in, in the last four weeks, we've really been through verse by verse, two chapters of the book of First Kings. The first week we went through First Kings 17 um, and we did all of the verses. And then the last two weeks, we've been in First Kings 18 and today we're gonna finish that up. Um, but it's uh, Elijah. So we started uh, several weeks ago and we met Elijah and he was dealing with King Ahab. And Ahab was married to uh, Jezebel um, and they're ruling Israel. And these are bad people. Like these are the, the worst of the worst people. And Elijah tells Ahab that God wants to bring the, the people of Israel back to him, that they've all gone astray and God, and God wants to bring them back. So until he speaks the word that it's not going to rain again. So God shuts off the rain. Because God loves us so much. Listen, God loves us so much that he will do anything to get us back to him that his ultimate desire is that we have a relationship with him. And God shuts off the rain, and we find out later that he shut it off for three and a half years. So three and a half years of rain, uh, or no rain, and Ahab is trying to kill Elijah. Like, he's sending out hitmen after him. He's, like, the whole thing, like, he, he wants him done with. So Elijah's on the run until God finally says, hey, Elijah, I want you to go find Ahab now. He's been looking for you. You go find him. So Elijah goes to him, and we talked about this in, uh, in week two, condemnation versus conviction. That he goes to him and, and Ahab says, hey, you, there you are, you troublemaker of Israel. Like this is all your fault um, when it really was, was Ahab's fault. Um, but so they, they have all of that bit and then they have this showdown on Mount Carmel that we talked about last week. And Elijah calls down fire from heaven. Like the prophets of Baal tried. They tried all day long. All the way up into the evening, they were shouting, they were dancing, they were hobbling, they were cutting themselves, and nothing. But Elijah prayed a little 30-second prayer, and fire falls from heaven. Now, a question. If there hasn't been any rain on the land for three and a half years, what is the last thing you want falling from heaven? <laughs> think about fire. Like, you don't want, like, think about the wildfires that burn sometimes out in, in California in those areas. But that's the last thing you want. Like, you don't need fire, you need rain. And that's where we're gonna pick up the story. But first, I want you to ask yourself a very personal question. And that is this, do I really wanna receive the word the Lord has for me? Like, every week, I've tried to ask a very personal question for, for you to think about. 
And this week it's that, do I really wanna receive the word the Lord has for me? 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, and I wanna pause there for a minute. If you were Elijah, would you have something to say to Ahab? Like I would. Like this guy has made my life miserable. Ahab is the guy that tried to kill me. He's the guy that falsely accused me. He's the guy that that led the people away to, to worship Baal in the first place. Ahab is my enemy. So I've got something for you, Ahab. Like, wouldn't you be tempted to go off on Ahab? Yes or no? The answer is yes. Like, and all of us have done that before. Like somebody has hurt us or or wounded us. And if we haven't done it for real, we've done it in our mind. Like, have you ever done that? You're like, you're having this whole fight in your mind with a person that's not even there. And listen, this is Ken Mundy, um, but don't lose that fight. (laughs) Like if it's in your mind, like you you always win in your mind. But if I'm Elijah and I'm gonna be honest with you, like I just called down fire from heaven and and it struck the altar. Like I'm tempted to call down fire on Ahab. Like has there ever ever been anybody in your life that you wanted to call down fire on? Like if you had the ability, you would have done it and say yes, because it's, yeah, it's the truth. Like, it happens to me all the time when I'm driving. Like, you guys know I talk about my road rage all the time. But if I'm driving and that guy's going 65 in the left-hand lane, like, and I could put fire on him, like, I'm striking him down. Like, it's over. But in that moment, you're just angry, right? Like, you're angry. And that's what I see happening in church culture a lot, actually. Like, have you noticed that people, church people in particular, are really angry at the world? Like, like have you seen it? Some of the meanest, most cruel people on social media claim to be followers of Christ. And Jesus said, hey, they will know you're a Christian. They'll know you're my followers. They'll know you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. It's quiet in here. I'll just, I'll move on. But if I'm Elijah, I have something to say uh, to Ahab right here. Like I'm going off on him. But the next part of the verse is, is great to me. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now, I didn't expect that. He had the opportunity to go off on Ahab, and instead he spoke encouragement. Hey, Ahab, get ready for the rain. The the rain's coming. Did Ahab deserve the rain, yes or no? No. He was anti-God. He was anti-Elijah. He was anti-everything. He didn't deserve the rain. And that's why the the rain is grace falling on our lives. Like we looked at that passage in in Isaiah that that talked about that the the word of God was like the rain. We could go uh, to the book of um, Habakkuk and and find out that that God will open the floodgates of heaven of blessing. We can go to the book of Psalms and find that God will uh, pour out mercy on us. But it's the grace of God in our life. None of us deserve it. And as I was reading that, what I, what I came to realize is that Elijah and Ahab, they both lived in Israel. They were both in the same place, but they both needed the same amount of rain to sustain their lives. All of us, and Kyle alluded to it, all of us need the same amount of grace to sustain us. I don't care if you were born into a Christian home or you're as pagan as pagan can be. Every single one of us need the same amount of grace of God 
to save our lives. So instead of speaking fire to Ahab, Elijah told him, hey, the rain is coming. You're about to receive from God. And that's why grace is so amazing because we don't deserve it. It reminds me that there are people that are far from God that matter to God. You know, people that are far from God, they matter to God. Ahab mattered to God. As much evil and wickedness that he had done, he still mattered to God. And just so you know that, that people that are far from God, not only do they matter to God, they're always going to matter to this church. Always. I've had people say, did you know that so-and-so goes to your church? Did you know so-and-so volunteers at your church? Yep. You know where I saw them last night? Pause, I don't care. I'm not their monitor. I don't care where they were on Saturday night because guess what? They're here on Sunday morning and they're in a position where they can receive the grace of God in their life. I'm not the one that is called to convict people. God is the one who convicts people. If I convict people, they run away. If God convicts people, it gets into their heart and it changes their lives. Like I'm not trying to change anybody. I'm not, I'm trying to let everybody else, like, like everybody else, I'm trying to get changed myself by the grace of God. And we get changed when we're willing to receive the word of God in our lives. And if the rain can fall on Ahab's life, then the rain can fall on anyone's life. People that are far from God really do matter to God. Then it says in verse 42, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed on the top of Mount Carmel and bowed to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. And I was gonna demonstrate that. <laughs> but in practice, it took me seven minutes to get all the way back up. So, so I won't waste your time. But do you remember last week uh, when Elijah prayed uh, for fire? He prayed for like 30 seconds and it was out loud. But now he wants rain and he takes this posture of desperation. His face is to the ground and he is desperate. And then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. So the servant went and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. Like, can you see this playing out in your mind? because I pause sometimes when I read the Bible and I just try to picture what's happening in my head and sometimes it gets really whacked up. But let's say the servant's name is Tom. And Elijah's praying, the servant's standing there. Elijah says, hey, Tom, I want you to go look out toward the sea and tell me if you see anything coming. So he goes, looks, comes back, don't see anything. Go look again. He goes back, doesn't see anything. Hey, Elijah, I know you're praying, but listen, it's not working. Like last time you called down fire from heaven, that was great, God did it, 30 second prayer, it's good. I don't think you got this one in you. Go back again. Okay, you're the boss, but there's nothing happening. There, there's no clouds. Fourth time he's going, man, I hate this job gonna go be a greeter at Walmart or something. Like, you get more respect there. Like, I'm putting all this work in and he's just sitting on the ground praying? Seven times. 
Did you think that the servant expected on the seventh time to see anything? I don't think he did. Well, yes, yeah, seven is the number of completion. Like, yeah, he didn't know that. He'd been there six times already and nothing. On the seventh time, he would have been mad. Like, I'm wasting my time doing this. Elijah, you're wasting your time praying. Let's just call it quits. But finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Can you imagine that he's just going through the motions, simply going back a seventh time because he was told to by his boss. He looks out not expecting to see anything, but then, oh, wait. It's not much. It's not much, but it's more than we got. Like there is hope on the horizon. At the end of the day, did you know a little hope can go a long way? Like it's my heart that, that KCC would be a place that is known where people can find hope. In a world that is telling you that everything is hopeless, that nothing is going to work, we want to get some hope into people. Like I think the church ought to be the most hope-filled place in the world. Like the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. He lives in us. Why shouldn't we have more hope than anybody else on the planet? And I believe that with all my heart because I know what it's like to lose hope. I've lost hope in myself. I've lost hope in the church. I've lost, I, I, I told this story before, so I'll, I'll spare all the details. But I remember one time I was at 10th grade, I nearly drowned. Like I was a whitewater rafting and the boat got stuck and I was going underwater and I thought I was gonna drown. And I remember that first breath when they finally pulled me up out of the water. It was like, <gasps> but there was hope. Like it, it's nothing but a cloud, but it's more than you have. And a lot of people here or, or watching online, like you've got turned off from the church because a preacher or someone in your family, listen, they brought the fire in your life. But listen, all Elijah had to do was call down fire was he had to pray a prayer that was less than a minute long. He had to work seven times harder to bring the rain, to bring the hope. I heard someone say this several years ago at a leadership convention one time. He said this, he said, as pastors, you're gonna be tempted to bring the fire every single Sunday because it's easier. But just remember, they don't need the fire, they need the rain. I learned a long time ago, I don't need to tell you like it is. Like you've heard preacher, you need to tell them like it is, preacher, bring that hellfire damnation. That's, that's back when preaching was good. No, that's back when preaching was easy and I could yell at you for an hour. Like that was a piece of cake. They didn't bring it because it was good. They brought it because it was easy. Listen, I'd rather tell you not like it is, but how it could be if you're just open to receive the word of God in your life. See, I think the gospel, I think the gospel is really good news. I think the gospel brings hope. I think the, the, the gospel motivates change. Like this, and this is, is not the perfect church. And it will not be as long as I'm the, the pastor here. Maybe after I'm gone, maybe I don't know. But listen, I can promise you every single week that we are going to do our best, that we can provide an, an environment where you aren't receiving fire, but you're receiving rain. And now, so there's no confusion. Let me be very clear. I believe in hell. I do. I believe that people who, who, 
who die apart from a relationship with Christ are gonna spend an eternity there. I believe in sin, and I believe that sin only comes to, to destroy your life and to tear it apart. Like, I believe those things. But I also know this, that that's the bad news. The good news is that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, that Jesus Christ can forgive that and offer you hope. And you need hope for a better life. You need hope to beat the power of sin in your life. You need hope that there's something better than what you're living in now. So you may leave here on some Sundays feeling convicted. You, you may feel, feel guilt, maybe, because God's convicting you. But remember, we talked about the difference between conviction and condemnation. And conviction is meant to draw us closer to God when condemnation is meant to shame us. Conviction in our lives is actually rain. It's God bringing that down. And I wanna be a church and a pastor that's always known for bringing the rain. So he sees this cloud rising the size of a man's hand. So then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Like Ahab didn't believe the rain was coming. He didn't. So Elijah said, listen, you better go. You better get going because the rain is gonna stop you. See, some of you or some of us, because I'm in this group too, we say we wanna change. But do we? Do we really? Or are we like Ahab? Yeah, I wanna see the rain, but I don't really think it's coming. I've had people tell me, I wanna change, I wanna change, I wanna change. But listen, change comes when we stop saying it and we just say, God, okay, whatever you want from me, I'm gonna do. And we start believing it. We start believing the change is there. It said, and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific storm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. So the rain came and all the people, when they were on Mount Carmel and the fire fell, they knelt down and they worshiped God, Remember? Like, what do you think they did when the rain fell? Like, I'm guessing they danced. The Bible doesn't tell us. But what I'm confident of is they, they didn't get out their umbrellas and start complaining about the rain. Like, no, when you haven't had any rain for three and a half years, when rain falls, listen, you aren't complaining, you're rejoicing. You're celebrating because now there's hope and now there's gonna be a harvest. Do you know when you receive what, what God has for you, that he'll always give you something you didn't ask for. He'll always give you more than you asked for. Watch this. This is a superhero in the Bible. It says, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. Did he ask for special strength? Nope, but he got it. It said, he tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Like Elijah's like Forrest Gump, just running. Like he got special strength. He got, he got some things that he didn't even ask for. See, when we say yes to God, and he will give you hope that you didn't ask for. He'll give you joy that, that you didn't ask for. He'll give you peace that, that you didn't ask for. He'll bring people into your life that you didn't ask for. Listen, he'll blow your mind. Somebody today, listen, you just need to see the cloud the size of a man's hand rising up out of the sea and have a little hope. For some of you, you need to let the word of God fall down into your life 
And instead of just stop saying it, you need to start being obedient to it. For some of you, God may be saying today, hey, you need to persevere. And you're going through a situation, you don't know how you're gonna persevere. You don't know how you're gonna make it through. Maybe you've been persevering for years already, but that word is just persevere. Just hang on because God's not done. For some, it might be repent. Like you know that you're out of, uh, out of line with what God wants for your life. And it's time to say, hey, you know what? I, I need to come back. I need to repent. For some, it might be to throw the umbrella away and say, God, whatever you want from me, I, I wanna receive your reign. Listen, if you'll receive, listen, and you will receive the word of that God has for you today, he will give you so much more.